Welcome to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to Innovation in Government. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Dave York, the Senior Vice President of U.S. Public Sector for Genesis. Dave, welcome back to the program. Thank you, glad to be back. Before we get started, let me set some context for our discussion today. In the White House's fiscal 2021 budget request, President Donald Trump plans to double his investments in artificial intelligence and quantum computing. The, the administration is asking for $2 billion in 2021 for non-defense AI. These investments are planned for everything from the Energy Department research to the Agriculture Department's Food Research Initiative to NIH using AI to solve chronic diseases. But if you go down one level, the federal investment in AI and automation are not as large, but still showing growth and understanding the value of these emerging technologies. One example, the Postal Service. They're deploying AI capability in 192 mail processing and sorting centers to increase package data processing by a factor of 10. This improvement would not be possible without machine learning capabilities that, the, that this technology helps deliver. USPS, like many other agencies, are using AI, intelligent automation, robotics process automation, to improve the citizen experience as well. In fact, in a recent federal government RPA playbook, the Federal Community of Practices Robotics are the first step toward AI and intelligent automation. And the impact of these technologies can and have been real on citizens. The Community of Practice says because RPA automates tasks, not jobs, it's primarily a tool for creating capacity and, redu and reducing organizational workload. This allows employees to focus on higher value work while their digital assistants perform the standard repetitive work. So how can agencies take advantage of RPA, AI, intelligent automation to continue to accelerate the, their digital transformations and improve citizen services? Well, that's where our guest comes in. Once again, Dave York is the Senior Vice President of U.S. Public Sector for Genesis. Now, Dave, we've a lot of buzz around these, these topics, a lot of buzz around, oh, we got to use more RPA, we got to go to AI. But let me back up a second and say, digital transformation, what's the talk around that? What are you seeing from government customers? Well, digital transformation, Jason, is really focused on, uh, on leveraging the digital channels, uh, things like chat or email or the web, to improve the citizen experience so that it's no longer just picking up the phone and calling your local social security office or your local, uh, or, or if you're calling to the IRS. You can actually perform many tasks online. In fact, some tasks uh, only can be performed online. And that's, that's really what a lot of them are focused on. It still creates the, the challenge still remains of how to do that in a way that you don't just create more silos, more, uh, um, more ways for people to get lost in the system. And this is the, this idea of, in, in, in the last program that you were on with Innovation in Government, we talked about this, is this idea of multi-channel experience. Right. And it's different than dual channels or, 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 or single channels that are somehow, you, know, you can do mail or you can do online. Right. Uh, so talk maybe real quick and remind us when you talk about the multi-channel approach, they're all connected. So I can go to Dave York and I know Dave York sees everything that you've dealt with me for. Right, and that's, and that's really what the uh, true definition of, of a multi-channel or omni-channel sort of capability is, is how to take those channels, leverage the context across them so that you don't have the uh, experience we've all had. You call in and talk to an IVR, a voice response system, you give it your account number, then you get to the agent and you repeat your account <laughs> number. And that's, and that's because they're not trans, transitioning context. 
And so that's really what the, uh, what the approach is from a digital transformation perspective is, or the goal of digital transformation is. How do you know we all get frustrated when you put your account number <laughs> in, then you tell them again? We, we, because we've all done we've that done more that. than once. There you go. Well, one of the things to create this omni-channel experience and to, lever to leverage, as you said, the context across all of them, is the use of, of intelligent automation or AI or, or, or however. Let's first put a definition on this one. Other people think of AI, they're really referring to predictive analytics, or they're, they're, really, they're not really referring to true AI. How do you guys define AI? So AI for in the customer experience domain, you mentioned several different ones in other domains like you know, the NIH and cancer research or, or chronic disease research and, and uh, cures. Um, but in the, in the customer experience domain, we really look at it around a couple dimensions. First is the dimension around the interaction itself. So that means using capabilities like natural language processing to understand the intent of the person calling or the person speaking or interacting with the uh, with uh, the agency. Then we, t then we go from there to make uh, use machine learning based on all the different types of interactions that have occurred. Use of the machine learning on those interactions to determine and make a prediction or a recommendation as to the best, best path forward. And then from there you get to personalize the experience then for that, uh, that citizen or that individual. And that's one dimension. The other dimension is in the whole employee engagement, the term we use in the uh, customer experience business. How do you engage your employees effectively? Because that's the single biggest cost and the single biggest touch point for improving customer experience overall. And so what, what we mean by that, how we apply artificial intelligence or machine learning to that is that you can do it by scheduling the right resources, using AI to more effectively schedule the right resources at the right time. You can also use it to make the agents more, in, more intelligent. And what I mean by that is they become they get, to, they get inputs from an AI capability that tells them what to say next, predicts the response or, or recommends responses for them to resolve the issue that they're faced with more quickly. So those are some, and then lastly, you can also use still some of that natural language processing to review the transcripts or review the calls that have occurred or the interactions that have occurred to provide better coaching to improve the experience the next time and improve the agent's performance, make them more effective in solving their customers' problems. Let's dig into each of those in a little deeper way. When we talk about the interaction using natural language processing, is that the type of thing where if the, the people keep asking the same question over and over again, the, the software learns what question's being asked and then they can maybe get in front of it and provide answers sooner? Or what, what give me an example of natural language processing. Uh, that's certainly one, one aspect of it, is understanding it and understanding what the questions, by getting repetitive questions, you can start to guide the conversations in a more uh, natural way than you do previously. But real, really at its most basic level, natural language processing is the ability to say, uh, or, and we've all had this experience now because some companies are trying to, to deploy this, how do I, uh, tell me what you want to do today. And then you just speak in a way that, uh, that lets the system respond. Uh, and as more of a conversational method. Sometimes you hear that with, do you want to pay bill? Do you want to say pay bill? Or which do you is, want to talk to a representative, which is me usually. Right. Right. That's, and that's really not the, that would, that's a, a, a half a step a, down. A half a step down, yeah. right. This is more, yeah, more making it more conversational. The other thing you mentioned was the machine learning uh, based on interactions. And th that's, that's as they, as you interact, the customer interacts with the system, their understanding and, and changing their offerings or changing how they present information based on the reaction of, of people. Is, do you see that, is that happening today or is that something that is you know, adding that machine learning piece? 
That's happening today. Um, uh, uh, one really, really interesting way, typically in this business, what has been what every company has been doing in this business is we provide business rules to determine a call comes from Jason, how do I route that call based on my business rules? Really with machine learning, you can more dynamically route, those, route that call or route that interaction because you look at it and say, based on what all the attributes of Jason coming into the system, how do I then deal with that? And based on how all people who present like him have been processed in the system, that's how I'm going to most effectively route or, or, or uh, interact with him. And that's how I'm going to personalize then that interaction for him. Is the machine learning piece the, the most difficult, or is the natural language processing piece the most difficult for, for organizations to come around? It just seems to me like customers, we all have accents, we all say things funny, we all slur our words, and you know what I mean? So to understand what the person's saying from a natural language processing perspective may be tough, but then again, I could see it from the machine learning side too. It, the natural language processing is can be challenging, and there are uh, solutions that actually do um, assist with that, I, I call it uh, sort of human-assisted IVR, which is kind of an, it, you, you, at first you think that's kind of an oxymoron, but what it really does is it helps exactly solve that problem for natural, it helps the natural language processing system continue to learn. Uh, all of these are about learning, and uh, machine language, or machine learning, it's about learning what the, the uh, trends and the tendencies are in, interact, or in, in whatever the data processing is. Natural language processing is just learning the trends and the, and the when words are spoken, in a variety of different ways with different accents, making sure you understand all those permutations as you, as you go along. It just, it's just a learning. One of the things, the last piece you talked about when, when applying AI is around the employee engagement. As you said, single biggest cost, uh, biggest way you can improve customer experience. Walk me through some of the ways that the employees, because that's not an area I would think of that you can apply AI to, but obviously you can. Sure. Um, so th there are a couple ways. One is, um, and in customer experience, one of the uh, most obvious instantiations of, a, of an AI capability is by use of a chat bot or a voice bot or something like that, uh, an automated uh, respondent. We've all experienced those. I, I get that every time I go online for Comcast. <laughs> I get the chat bot at, talking to me. Um, and so, but there's a point at which I need to transition to a human sometimes. How does that seamlessly happen? Do I have to repeat everything and start over? And I've had that experience not with Comcast, but with others. Um, I've had that experience, but we've also, and we've all had that experience where you start over, similar to the IVR example earlier. Um, so that's very important to do that seamless transition. But the other is um, AI can really help the agent become smarter. We use a term called blended AI. And the reason we use that term is we don't view AI as the replacement for the human, but rather an, uh, an augmentation for the humans. So it helps them with recommended responses, more rapid uh, identification of information rather than the person sitting there, and we've all experienced this at one point where you're sitting there waiting while they're typing away, researching something online. Well, the, um, a, with natural language processing, listening to the conversation, and AI uh, tools, uh, AI agent assistance tools, helping then sort through and provide and, and push responses or recommendations to the individual it makes the agent much more effective and much much smarter and much more rapid in responding. So we've run the employees, we've done the national language processing, we've done machine learning, this is all in the AI world. We also brought up the term intelligent automation and maybe do we need to define what that is or is that just AI with a different flavor? It's, it's, a, diff it's a different flavor. It's 
Uh, is it a stepping stone? Meaning it's a stepping stone. A lot of times people yeah. say RPA and then intelligent automation and then AI? Right. I would actually put intelligent automation and RPA as two, uh, they're solving two sort of different pro um, processes. Intelligent automation is much more used for the front office uh, uh, inter uh, customer interaction side. Um, RPA is much more about, uh, as you, I think, even alluded to in the opening, much more about automating the tasks right. and getting those tasks uh, done in a in a uh, most the most effective way possible. And in many ways, that's the whole idea: is freeing the the person up, the employee up, to figure out, okay, this is a tier three call or whatever, whatever help desk you guys use in terms of the call centers to say, hey, this is the most complicated, complex type of call. Add some human brain power to it. Versus, I just need their address to send my bill in, or I just need to find out what my final number is on my credit card so I can send the bill in. I think that's where an RPA, and that's been going on for years, can 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 right. help out right. in many ways. Right. That that is the that is the promise of AI, and the you know, and it, and it does have a dramatic impact on the human, and, and why it's becoming more relevant now, notwithstanding the obvious technolo technological advances that make it a, make it more feasible, uh, is. We're faced with something. We're faced with a dilemma in this country, and the U.S. government's faced with it, as well as all the all the companies out there. Where today, uh, actually, in twenty, I think it was twenty sixteen, about twenty percent of the population was age sixty or older. That's expected to be a full third of the population by twenty fifty, and more importantly, that's taking the number from around seventy million in twenty sixteen over the age of sixty to almost one hundred and forty million in uh, in twenty fifty. That's a that's a challenging di uh, dynamic for the comp for the country to deal with. It's a it's a function of an aging workforce, people that are either leaving the workforce or perhaps staying longer in the workforce. And how do we really continue to drive productivity up? The way you do that is you have to get more uh, benefit out of technology. Well, if I'm still around by 2050, I'm going to be that grumpy old guy pressing zero, looking for a human. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Dan, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. You're listening to the discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. At Genesis, we power 25 billion of the world's best customer experiences each year. Our success comes from connecting employee and customer conversations on any channel every day. Over 11,000 companies in over 100 countries trust our number one customer experience platform to drive great business outcomes. Our industry-leading solutions foster true omni-channel engagement, performing equally well across all channels on-premise and in the cloud. Learn more at Genesis.com. That's G-E-N-E-S-Y-S.com. Genesis. Moments connected. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Dave York, the Senior Vice President of the U.S. Public Sector for Genesis. Dave, before break, we were talking about kind of defining what AI is in the realm of customer experience, how it works, and the, and the different pieces and parts that can kind of fit underneath this umbrella of AI. One of the things I want to touch upon to start this segment on is around the benefits, and, and you, you covered them a little bit, obviously, one of the big ones is is getting people off of the low value work, getting them more high value work. But let's talk more broadly about some of those other benefits that you guys are starting to see that uh, that agencies are experiencing as they apply AI to customer experience. Well, I think the the biggest single benefit is for uh, is getting rid of the low value. I don't call it low value work, but the repetitive work, the mundane, the, the mundane this. work, the stuff that makes everybody's head explode. And so you you help them move away from doing that and let the machines do that because that's what they're that's really an optimal case for them. The second though is it reduces customer effort. Why is that important? The customers don't no longer view 
going to the DMV or, going, or calling the IRS or dealing with the Social Security Administration or dealing with CMS as a painful experience. They view it as a positive experience because it's ra rather rapid. They're able to get their issues resolved quickly and they move on. That reduction of customer effort cannot be underestimated in, in improving customer experience overall for the government. Um, the third is that uh, it, it, by implementing AI, and this is an interesting one, it came out of actually a, McKinsey, a recent McKinsey study about automation in the future workforce. And they said that, that really it boosts the uh, policymakers' awareness about the implications of leveraging AI, because not just for the government, but also them as they are making policy for regulating different industries, et cetera, in terms of encouraging them to do different things and ensuring that they don't uh, implement AI in ways or leverage AI capabilities in ways that are harmful to the citizens. That's interesting that they came up with policymaker awareness. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I, th I think happens quite often in the federal market, at least, and you may see this from when you talk to customers, is they definitely have that shiny object syndrome. And I think it's probably not just the government's not fair to say to them. Mm -hmm. It's probably everybody. Uh, and what I've seen over the last year, year and a half, is definitely not every agency rushing toward AI or RPA, but really using it in a way that, that, that takes the half a step, let's try it out, let's test it, let's learn and, and test more. Do you see that that policymaker awareness is kind of sinking in in the federal market? Uh, pro probably not yet. Not yet. Because it's still, it's still very, in, in many respects, pretty early stage in terms of the application, in the customer experience, experience yeah. realm, I would say. And that's really the domain I can talk about. Uh, I would say probably not yet because they don't, haven't necessarily fully embraced or fully understand the implications of what it means, not just to the, uh, to the agents, because there's that human component we talked about before the break, but there's also the uh, impact on the citizens who are inter interacting with that, uh, with that chat bot or whatever. The other piece you mentioned was reducing the customer effort, and I think that's huge. I think that's where the government has been trying to go right. for much of the last 15 years. You know, if, uh, if you remember from Mark Foreman's days when he was at OMB, he talked about three clicks to service, right? right? Don't make the person click more than three times because then they get frustrated. Now I think it's, it's even less. It's the one click to service, but through these tools, the, the agencies, the, the people who, the customer experience people can serve in a different way. Are you seeing the, that reduction in customer effort already? Do you see it in, in certain agencies? Um, I, I actually have not seen a, a great deal yet because there's not a huge uptake yet in the customer experience domain with, with some chatbots. Now, there are some, there are some pockets. And like, like USCIS. US, I was, I was yep. just going to say, USCIS has taken a pretty big step. It's uh, and it's and they've made a lot of efforts to integrate it because that's a second that's a challenge that you can sometimes face in that regard is the challenge is you've created this chatbot but it's a standalone uh, channel now back to the whole omni-channel discussion and digital transformation it's now a standalone channel all on its own they've done a, I think a, a, a quite a good job in trying to integrate that or integrating that as much as they can across their different channels. Yep. We talked about the kind of benefits. What about the challenges? What should agencies, what obstacles are they facing to implement kind of the AI and, and, and intelligent automation? So there's a, there's, I'll come at it from two different perspectives. Uh, I mean, certainly we have our viewpoint from talking with customers and what we see customers faced with, but this really bears out as well. Gartner did a study in 2018, a survey, and they came up with really the top three, first one being skill gap. The second one being the lack of strategy for artificial, intel artificial intelligence or AI capabilities. 
And then the third is use cases. So you talked about agencies saying, I'll take a half step and then I'll take a, test something out and then take another half step. At, until they really understand the use case, it's hard to, uh, this, you can have a strategy saying, I'd like to automate more. I'd like to leverage artificial intelligence or machine learning to automate more. But until you know what the use cases are, it's difficult to really uh, put that into practice. It seems so obvious though that the, the use case would be to improve customer experience. Right. It, I mean, every agency has a set of customers. Yes, they have to define who they are. Maybe they even have to slice, get a slice of a slice of a slice to really say, we're going to focus on this type of customer. But it seems quite straightforward. Are you finding that when you meet with federal customers that they're trying to either do too much, bite, bite off the big apple too much, or they just don't know where to start? Uh, they, they, they'll say, let me just use, they actually don't do the slice of a slice of a slice and slice off the customer. And it's really not the customer that you want to slice off when you're trying to address AI and the in the, well, the customer services, right? Right. Like how you serve them. Right. So if, if if I have if the IRS has everyone as a customer, the IRS might say I only want to work with um, you know people who fill the 1040 easy form. I'm right. Making that up, obviously, but um, they don't. They're not even doing that. Uh, well, no, they're looking at which ta which it's really more what uh, tasks, and so that leads to how do you plan for this? How do you plan for it? Is there's really three steps. First, you need to know your customers. And that's, so it goes back to knowing who they are, what their needs and expectations are, and, what, and more importantly, what repeatable functions are they doing that can, be, that can benefit from the application of automation, either intelligent automation or some level of artificial intelligence, uh, you know, a chatbot or something inter interacting with them. The second is then, um, and this is a buzzword in the, in the CX or the customer experience business, is journey mapping. Everybody talks <laughs> about journey mapping, mapping the journey of a of a citizen or a customer through their life cycle with you. And the problem is, you do that, you can do that, but you then need to look at it and say, where can I insert, in this case, because the most obvious instantiation, again, is a, is a bot, some form of a bot. Where can I insert a chat bot or a voice bot to interact with this uh, citizen or this customer on their journey? And where does it make sense? Where does it simply aggravate them and elongate the process and frustrate them? And then the last piece is uh, leveraging the right technology. So I talked about this a little bit earlier um, in, one, in one aspect, but there's a couple aspects to it. First of all, you have a chat, uh, we'll just use the chat bot example. You have a chat bot and it's, it's talking with you, you're talking with it, but you then need to get to an agent. Well, you need that to be a seamless transition to that agent. But the second piece, and this uh, ties back to the notion of omni-channel, you don't want this to be a, an automation capability that exists on your chat channel, but then your voice channel has a different automation capability that doesn't uh, uh, that it, that creates a very different experience. Because the more different experiences you create for your customers, the more chance they have to get frustrated, take longer, and cost more to serve. So that's it. Really flies in the face of reducing customer effort. Then, so those are the big three. I would say know your customer, map the journeys, and find the places where you can automate. And then third, make sure your, the technology can be seamlessly integrated across channels. Are agencies, as, as they kind of look at this, where do they have the biggest challenge of those three planning stages? Is it understanding their, their, the journey of their customer or even just coming up with a, a strategy? Because I, I think the technology is probably the easiest of the three. Uh, it, it probably is the easiest of the three, except that a lot of people will look at it and say, I just want a chatbot. <laughs> and that's and that's that's the challenge that I see. That shiny object syndrome. I want a chatbot because I think that's somehow going to solve my problems. 
um, I, you know, it's going to reduce my hold times or it's going to make it more efficient. I'm going to free up people, whatever. It doesn't really, that in isolation won't solve the problem. So really it's back to the, the journey mapping is probably the, the, the hardest part to do. Uh, and then close behind that is understanding your, your customers' expectations. If you have a demographic of customers that primarily only want to press zero and talk to a live person, introducing a chat bot or a voice bot into that equation is probably not going to work very well. Meaning if they had a whole customer base that was me. That's what the... Could yeah, be. Probably. Could be. Um, the reason we're talking about this uh, topic of customer experience is there's a couple of things that have happened in the federal sector that are really pushing agencies in that direction. Uh, first, obviously, there's the, the uh, IDEA Act, which is uh, about the this is ensuring that your websites are, are customer-focused or reactive. And then also, OMB updated uh, Circular A11. I know before people's eyes glaze over, uh, there's a specific seg segment of S Circular A11 that really focuses on customer experience. Right. And giving agencies really that, hey, as you are planning out, as you are doing the planning, you really need to do these things. Let's walk me through a little bit about the background there, just briefly, and then we can get into why it's important for this broader conversation. So it, it's interesting, you're right, A11 in particular does spell out a, a plethora of capabilities and needs and, and activities that agencies need to take, take into account. They need to do self-assessments, they need to report, they need to survey their customers. And what was interesting is how does AI impact all that? Because there's nothing in it that says go and implement AI or go and implement chatbots. You just need to improve your customer, the customer experience or the citizen experience. But in the, in the re reporting segment in particular, there's, there's seven total attributes, but four of those attributes that you report on from a customer experience perspective are all, completely are all completely directly impacted by how AI or how automation is implemented in your agency's customer journey. Um, one would be the effectiveness and quality. If you implement it well, you can dramatically improve the effectiveness of your customer interactions, your citizen interactions. Additionally, the ease and simplicity, that's back to the customer effort. It's easier for them to interact with you, then again, your score is going to go up there. Third is the uh, efficiency and speed. The less you have to have people involved in the tasks, the, in, in the routine and the repetitive tasks, the more rapidly they get resolved, the, the faster people are getting, uh, are getting served. And then finally, employee helpfulness, and I talked about that earlier, the notion of making them smarter, not just being a, it's one thing to be empathetic and friendly, and there are a lot of empathetic and friendly contact center agents out there. But if you can't answer the question, it doesn't matter how empathetic <laughs> and friendly you are. Right. They, they'll like you, they'll just be frustrated. And so the, the point here is that this, this can be applied to really dramatically improve employee helpfulness as well. Dave, we're just about out of time, in, in 30 seconds or less, what's the big takeaway from our conversation today? If, if agencies, you know, no one's again started at zero, we all, they're all down the path, What's the one thing that, that's most important from our conversation today that they should take away? This, the strategy and planning. If you don't plan your strategy, um, that's, I would say, actually, that's number one. There's a second one uh -oh. I'll come back to. You only got 30 but seconds I know. so quickly. The strategy and planning is critical uh, and, and doing that with the customer in view. And then the second is don't forget your employees. Bring them along for the journey and help, help them see the value because the more effective they are, the better they feel about their work, the happier they're going to be, and the better the service they're going to provide your customers. All right. Very true all around. Uh, but then, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. So let me thank my guest, Dave York, Senior Vice President of U.S. Public Secretary for Genesis. Dave, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Innovation in Government on Federal News Network. 
For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation.